dives in for the touchdown. Did he get it? Yes, sir, he did. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. You're listening to the One Podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome into the One Pridecast. I'm your host, Tori Petri, coming to you during the first week of Training Camp 2020 presented by Rocket Mortgage. It is an exciting week, even though Training Camp looks a whole lot different this year than it usually does. We still have football on its way back to us, so that is good news. Uh, Today's podcast is going to inform you so much on everything that went into pulling this season's training camp together. From uh, the medical side of things to the building side of things, we are diving into all the details that it took to make training camp 2020 happen. We are talking to two people on this podcast, one of them team president Rod Wood, which of course, if you follow the lines, you know who he is. He's going to walk us through everything that went in on the business side of things and also on the football side uh, to make training camp happen. And then we are also going to talk to the Lions infection control officer. That's a new position for 2020. That's the world we live in right now. His name is Matt Barnes. He's already been on staff with the Lions, but he was selected as the Lions infection control officer this year. And he takes us in detail into what went into the medical side of things and how the Lions are handling things from a health and safety perspective during this training camp. It is Super informative. You will learn so much from this podcast. I'm excited to give it to you guys today, uh, and I highly encourage you to go on DetroitLions.com and watch the videos that we reference in this podcast. Now, without further ado, we'll take you guys to the interview so you can learn everything there is to know about Training Camp 2020. We'll start things off with my interview with Rod Wood. Joining me now on the One Pridecast is Lions team president Rod Wood. Rod, thank you so much for taking some time out of this busy training camp schedule to chat with us. We appreciate it. It's my pleasure, Tori. Happy to be here. Yeah, I think we all are. I think we are all happy to be here in a world where we have training camp happening. Obviously, it looks a whole lot different uh, than it usually does, but we are thankful to be having some semblance of football coming back. It's good to have football back. I'm sure you're feeling the same way. Yeah, it uh, feels different, but uh, better than uh, not having football back by a long distance. I was over there a couple of days ago and ran into the coaches and some of the players in the testing line, and it started to feel almost like uh, first day back at school a little bit. And uh, hopefully all that uh, continues to go in a positive direction and we'll be in the building and be practicing football pretty soon. Yeah, it definitely. Training camp does always have that back to school feeling. So I'm glad that you were getting that from from being back there uh, this week as players were reporting. And like you said, they were showing up for testing. That whole facility looks entirely different than we're used to it looking. You did a tour that was on DetroitLions.com. If our listeners haven't watched it yet, I highly encourage them to go watch it. It's super informational. just really gives you a first-person look at what the players are showing up to this week and, and what things will look like when they're in the building. Um, and I know that that took so much work. Take us a little bit behind the scenes of how all of that came together. Well, that was, uh, you know, a lot of work, a team effort. Um, and a lot of it, you know, was done, you know, with us being remote. Right. Know? So we, we had uh, return-to-work committee meetings and calls and, 
going through all the protocols that the league uh, had provided and continued to provide, you know, they're still working on additional protocols, but uh, knowing what we needed to do to get the facility ready and then dealing with, you know, the people that were there hands-on every day, you know, Charlie Coffin and his team on the inside and Eric Bryan and his team on the outside of the building and um, construction crews, et cetera. And, you know, when I did the tour, um, a lot of the building was, um, you know, there for me seeing it the first time. I had been in twice prior to the tour, and it wasn't in the final shape that it was when I went through uh, and did the tour for, for the website. Um, so I was seeing it for the first time, just like everybody who watched it uh, on the website when I did the tour. And it was amazing and impressive. And, you know, it certainly makes you proud of the team you have that they're working that hard. And obviously, we've got some recognition, you know, locally and nationally for putting the facility in the shape that it is, which is, you know, gratifying and hopefully makes the players and everybody feel safe when they're coming back. I think one of the parts that blew my mind the most was Bob Quinn talking this week about how the uh, binder of memos from the league about protocols was 120 pages long, and it was bigger than the playbook. I mean, you guys had a lot to work through. Right, and it was uh, you know a lot of uh, a lot of those emails seemed to come at uh, 10 o'clock at night. Sure. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you have to be ready to react to them and ask questions the next day on conference calls and. And I know the league was working really hard too, so it wasn't that they were withholding information from us. They were still working with their medical advisors at the league office and the CDC and the president's task force and obviously the Players Association and the Players Medical Advisors. And So it was a, a total team effort to try and get this you know, to the point we are today where people are showing back up, going through the testing, going into a building that's very different, but hopefully you know, as safe as we can possibly make it for everybody, players, coaches, and staff. And uh, and get back to having you know football played on the field and having everybody feel comfortable with how we've set it up. And one of the biggest things that uh, you know ha- has been buzzing out there throughout all of this COVID preparation has been that IDER, and teams have yeah. to have their IDER approved, and and that had to be ready to go. And the Lions were one of the first teams to have that uh, ready. What went into that? And and give us a layman's explanation of what exactly that is. Well, it's a IDER, it's an infectious disease emergency response uh, report, basically. And so every team was given a template from the league that they needed to complete and then had to send it in and it had to be reviewed by the league and the Players Association. And it covered everything from the makeup of the facility to what would happen if somebody tested positive to how the testing was going to occur, how the building was laid out, how we were going to have the locker room laid out, meeting rooms laid out, dining facilities laid out. Uh, the weight room, on and on and on. And then, you know, on to team travel. How are we going to travel? How are we going to conduct ourselves on the buses to and from the plane, on the plane, from the plane to the hotel, once we get to the hotel? And uh, it was a completely, you know, thorough document that covered, you know, A to Z. And then it had to be submitted. And as you noted, um, all 32 teams had a deadline. And I think that we were one of the first eight that had theirs approved by both the league and the Players Association, which is a testament and a compliment to the total team that worked on it and how serious we're taking this. And it, it deserves to be taken seriously. Uh, and um, we have, and I'm, I'm happy that we don't have to still negotiate our IDR because now we can get on to getting ready to play football. Right. I think that's one of the biggest things uh, that Bob talked about was that having that out of the way means that you can focus on football. And and we're starting uh, to 
start that process of, you know, players coming in for testing and then they will come back for testing again and then they'll finally be in the building. Uh, what is this like for you as you're just kind of watching this process unfold uh, real time, you know, all uh, seeing all of the work that you guys have done behind the scenes throughout the summer uh, kind of start unfolding this week? Well, it certainly is, you know, it's, it's gratifying to see that it's all come together and we're ready, I think, and as ready as you can be for all the uncertainties that we still face, for sure. I mean, you can be prepared as we can be, but obviously, you know, this virus has, you know, gone on longer than maybe anybody expected and, you know, taken turns and twists along the way. And so we'll have to be, you know, flexible as we go forward, but I think we're ready to deal with anything that we might experience and uh, react to it. And, you know, it was just great seeing everybody and, you know, everybody was, you know, staying socially distanced, but, you know, touching elbows kind of as the new <laughs> greeting and there's no face-to-face meetings. It's all mask to mask and you know, yeah. everybody's in line <laughs> and, you know, waiting to go inside the trailer and, you know, get their test. And, and it, it, it felt bizarrely normal in the new normal of right. whatever the we're world we're facing. living in today. <laughs> and, you know, since, you know, we've all been out of the building really since March, and I've told this story a few times, but uh, the last two serious days of free agency, the only four people in the building were really Bob, Matt, Mike Disner, and, and me working on, you know, free agency and, you know, players that we acquired, and everybody else had been relieved to go work from home, and, you know, I think we wrapped it up on March 18th, and we all left thinking this was going to be a couple weeks and we'd be back together, right. and here we are, here we are in the middle of july end of july early august and we're still just easing our way back into the building so um i think the fact that we've been away so long and you've had to deal with you know this new normal and you're accustomed when you go out to wearing masks and you know staying socially distanced and working from home and doing zoom calls and all those things seeing people face to face felt you know refreshingly closer to normal and hopefully uh, we can continue to do that and build on it as i said get back to playing football yeah, I mean, all of this has has hugely impacted every fabric of society, right? It's right. it's affected how the business side of, of this team has operated throughout the summer. It's affected how this football team uh, is operating as this football season begins. But it's also affected the fans and what they can expect from training camp and and you know what that experience will be like going forward usually we get to welcome fans into uh training camp and and that's one of one of uh the highlights of the summer is being able to have those fans out at training camp obviously life looks a lot different gatherings like that are just not happening anywhere really uh so you know it it looks a lot different for fans uh but i know that you guys are trying to give fans uh you know some some cool experiences and and help them to still be able to enjoy training camp uh just from a distance what do you expect this training camp experience to be like for for fans who want to follow and and see where the team is at and are honestly just missing sports a whole lot right it's going to be different just like you described but hopefully it can be different in a positive way just like the draft was where you know we normally have big draft parties and fans are participating and you know meeting our first round pick maybe the second you know night and having interaction with me and bob and coach and we were able to do that virtually and we're going to try and replicate some of those experiences with training camp and, you know, have an opportunity for fans to interact with players and coaches virtually and send in questions. And obviously we'll be taping, you know, training camp and providing, you know, footage to the website and our social media outlets and, and try and give everybody as much, you know, firsthand feel of what the team's going through as we possibly can with, 
you know, knowing they can't be there in person. And I can tell you the players will miss it too. I mean, they, you know, yeah. they get jazzed up when the fans show up and they like, you know, having the fans there cheering them on and interacting with them after practice and signing autographs and taking pictures. And it's, it's just a different world we're living in right now. And I think, you know, the, the fact that we're whatever, six, seven months into this, I think people have started to expect things to be different and expecting things to be more virtual and less in-person and hands-on. And we're going to do our best to give, you know, as much of a positive experience with training camp as we can to our fans. I'm sure. I know you guys are working towards that and and we are as well as we cover training camp and, you know, it's such an exciting time of year and I think it's exciting even more so because we're getting sports back. You know, some of the other sports have have, uh, begun to return. We're starting to see sports back on our TV. We're starting to see articles about actual sports and not just how the pandemic, uh, you know, has affected affected them. And, you know, one of the things that, that is interesting that Bob talked about this week is how other sports are kind of taking the bubble approach. Um, And the NFL isn't quite doing the same thing, but I know you guys have put in a lot of ways to keep these players safe. Why not the bubble approach uh, and what is being done instead? Well, I think the bubble approach was discussed, you know, way back when between the league and the players association, I think it was uh, fairly quickly dismissed as something that would work for football I think the size of our rosters, the you know, coaching staff, you know, we're just a much bigger sport than the other sports that you know, are operating in a bubble. And um, I think the um, safety measures we've put in place are designed to replicate a bubble as best we can. So every team is going through the same testing protocols, the same regiment of social distancing, the same protective measures. If someone were to test positive, um, the travel, you know, situation is being handled you know very differently than a normal season um and i think the design is to replicate a bubble but not put 32 teams times 90 players times you know 25 coaches times you know staff etc in one location Um, and i think that was quickly dismissed as something that wouldn't work for the nfl but the bubble concept does provide you know ways to make sure you're managing it and i think we tried to replicate it in the form of you know, let's call it for now, 32 bubbles. And sure. then when we start, when we start playing games, um, we'll be, you know, basically taking the team bubble, putting it on a bus and then putting it on a plane and putting it on another <laughs> bus and putting it in a hotel and then going to a stadium and then reversing it and coming back to our home bubble. So it's kind of a, a series of bubbles, but not one bubble for the whole week. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I know that you guys don't have all of the information yet. I know there's still so much to be determined, especially in seeing how training camp unfolds and, and how things go with all the protocols that have been put in place. Uh, but I know that everybody is wondering, so I have to ask, what can you tell us about what to expect from the regular season? Well, right now the plans are to you know start the regular season on time, um, obviously, have to, as I said before, remain flexible and, and be prepared for things that you can't predict and expect. Um, I remain hopeful that we'll be able to have fans uh, probably, you know, at a much reduced percentage in our games. Um, and hopefully we, you know, get to travel to stadiums that also have fans in them and we're playing on the road. Um, right now, I know we and other teams are working with their respective state leaders and local leaders to do whatever we can to show them the plans we have for the stadium and how fans would you know come in and leave and how they'd be socially distanced and and hopefully we can get everybody comfortable but those decisions right now are out of my hands and out of everybody else's hands in the league and really tied to you know the governors and the mayors and and the um, 
medical experts to give us the go-ahead to do that. But um, hopefully we have fans because I think that creates a very different experience and energy. You know, certainly watching baseball and some of the sports that are playing without fans, it's great to see it, but it, it does present a different experience even on TV than what it is with fans in the stands. So hopefully we can get to that point and uh, be able to welcome people back to Ford Field even at a reduced percentage of the stadium because I think it does provide a better experience for not only the players but even those watching on TV. Well, I think we are all hoping for a safe and healthy way to do that, but we will see how it all unfolds. Rod, thank you so much for spending some time with us, giving us some insight. We are really looking forward to seeing uh, this training camp really get off the ground. Thanks, Tori. And as I said, hope to see you mask to mask at yeah. some point soon. <laughs> some point soon. I'm, I'm still podcasting from my closet here, but hey, sometime <laughs> soon we will say hello six feet apart, mask to mask. Show your Lions pride by going authentic with gear from shop.detroitlions.com. For a great selection of t-shirts, hats, jerseys, and novelties with convenient flat rate shipping right to your doorstep, visit shop.detroitlions.com. Next up on the podcast, we have Matt Barnes. He is the guy who is in charge of all of uh, those changes to the facility and overseeing uh, what the Lions are doing from a COVID-19 perspective. He is the assistant athletic trainer for the Lions, as well as the infection control officer. And he's also a professional team athletic trainer for Henry Ford. Matt, that's a mouthful. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. We really appreciate it. No, not a problem. Thanks for um, inviting me to come on. No, we really appreciate it. We know that you guys have been so busy bringing all of this together. I know that it has taken a lot of work. Uh, Rod Wood hopped on the podcast with us as well and kind of took us through uh, what the facility looks like and and how everything has changed. Uh, But how about let's just start with this. Tell us a little bit about your job and what you do for the Lions. So... My responsibilities, honestly, as an infection control officer are a ton. Um, You know, it's everything from organizing testing schedules uh, with bioreference staff that are here, uh, which is the testing company that is working with the NFL to facilitate all these all these tests that we're doing. Um, It's communicating results to everybody, whether it is positive or negative. Um, You know, it's it's everything from ordering all the substantial amount of PPE, including masks, gloves. I mean, you can kind of name it. It's here. Um, the, it's also ordering all the things that we would order anyways to make sure everybody has great care um, from braces and everything else as well. Um, so it really is a ton of stuff. It's coordinating any follow-up care, notifying local and health and human services for contact tracing purposes. Um, and honestly, it's also like Zooms lots and lots of zoom meetings um which i think everybody's gotten yes. very accustomed to at this point it's you know and all, on those zoom calls it's you look at all these new nfl memos the protocols that are being put out um which are consistently changing as they're getting the most up-to-date science for us so that we can put it in, put it into our building or into our protocols for treating guys and make sure all of the staff and their families are also safe while coming to work and then take going home um, and then, of course, I'm still performing all of my many duties as a normal assistant athletic trainer with the team, which is still treating and helping with rehab when I can, obviously. That might be a little different now, but um, it's it's definitely everything in between. It's being as flexible as I possibly can. So you were named the infection control officer when we found out that there was, you know, obviously a pandemic that we had to deal with and and figure out how that affected football season and how that affected people being back in the building. But 
like you said, you were already an assistant athletic trainer for the Lions. So you were already on staff with the team and they selected you as the person on staff who would be the infection control officer. And Bob Quinn talked a little bit about that this week when when he had a press conference with the media and talked about your connection with Henry Ford uh, as well. So I know that that uh, played into kind of you know, this, the move of making you the infection control officer. Tell us a little bit about how that played out and, and how the team selected that. Yeah. So honestly, um, you know, I was kind of like everybody else at one point, um, you know, just sitting at home um, after one of my days of actually working at the hospital and doing stuff for them uh, just because I got called in to help with that. And our head athletic trainer, Dave Granito and our head team physician, uh, Dr. Ashish Betty called me and they said, Hey, we're going to be forming this position called infection control officer. Um, and, and as you mentioned just now, mentioned like, hey, since you're with Henry Ford and everything else, we think you'd be a, a good good fit for this, which obviously I said yes to doing it. And I totally agree with having the um, affiliation with Henry Ford Hospital that we as a team have and being that liaison for uh, the past couple of years now and facilitating appointments beforehand, having to go through into this position and that transition has been kind of seamless. Um, you know, I coordinate with Dr. Uh, Michael Workings as well, who's our head team internist, and we've been working together on many things, um, obviously before COVID-19 hit as well. And we've been working together to ensure that anybody who does need anything, we've been getting it to them, getting them into any appointments that they need, um, you know, COVID or otherwise during this, because it's just, everything's changed, obviously. Um, and so in a way, like I had been preparing to take on this position without, with like never even realizing it, um, just by being the person that I was raised to be, which is to be flexible, uh, adapt. And honestly, like it's adapting what the needs of the team and Henry Ford are. And if all those goals align to keep the families, the players and everybody that comes into this building safe, that was my main goal, um, which in taking on this position really has, um, satisfied that goal in many ways. Well, and even even before working for the Lions, that wasn't your first football experience, right? I mean, you know the sport very well. Yeah, so I mean, growing up, um, you know, I lived in Texas. I played high school football. I also um, played at a small Division two slash Division three school um, there, and I was actually there that I even got started with athletic training, and that's when I realized, um, you know, like, I could do both of these things. And uh, my experience is just being at least a, you know, a mid-level college player um, and being able to relate to all these, all the players and the families and understanding the culture of the sport. um, You know, it it really has helped me out a ton going forward in the career. And then how did you end up in Michigan? Former uh, head athletic trainer, Kevin Bastide and I had um, worked together while I was in Houston and, uh, Actually, it was my uncle's boss, who's also an athletic trainer. Um, runs in the family. Runs in the family. My wife is actually also an athletic trainer <laughs> wow. down in uh, Houston still. So sports are definitely our culture as a family. Um, so um, we really, really just understand what is needed to really run a team, um, honestly, at all times. Yeah, that's awesome. And so your wife is working for a team in Houston then, and, you know, you've been swamped up here in Michigan. That That's craziness. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, Kevin basically said, hey, I want you to come down and, um, you know, uh, try to try out an internship for a year. Actually, it was technically a fellowship through Henry Ford Hospital that 
worked directly with the Lions. And then since then, I've been here, and that was the 2017 season. So it, in time flies, I'll tell you that. I never expected I would ever be in Michigan this long, but it's been um, very, very rewarding and a great experience to be up here and change everything I ever thought, you know, coming from the, from the South at least. Yeah, definitely. I can relate to that as well. I'm not from Michigan, uh, as our podcast listeners know. Um, But, you know, you've been doing such a great job here. Obviously, they select you to be the uh, infection control officer. So then what what happened next after that? What did you have to do once they said, hey, you're our guy for this. We're going to put you in charge of of this project. I mean, things had to just be absolutely crazy after that. Yeah, I mean, it started off a little slow. Um, a lot of it was like, hey, like, who are who are our key personnel we need to have involved? And um, really just talking through, like, what, what are all the things we want to accomplish? Um, which led to us actually creating a huge team in the end, which I'm glad we did because there's been a ton of work that's gone into the building yeah. and everything else. Um, so we had multiple committees created. There was a return to work committee and an infection response team uh, created, which the return to work committee consisted of, you know, um, you know, Kevin Anderson, chief of staff, and he kind of headed that up and worked with facilities and took all of our recommendations from the infection or the RIT, which was the infection response team, which consisted of more of the medical side of everything, which included our infectious disease specialist um, from Henry Ford, all of our team physicians, myself and our head athletic trainer, um, giving recommendations on how the building should probably function and flow to ensure the best safety while not impeding our typical day. Um, and honestly, the amount of planning on everybody's part is really incredible. Um, all the attention to details that we really put into this, such as like the placements of hand sanitizer so that people will not only just see them, but also in a spot that they're going to use them. Um, it's obviously creating space in the building. Um, if you've ever been in here, like the building layout is what it is. So you're trying to create space wherever you can. Um, So obviously a ton of creativity was accomplished. Um, After doing a bunch of these initial changes, we had multiple walkthroughs, especially once we got more staff in the building, we were allowed to bring more people in. We did multiple walkthroughs, heads of departments um, to ensure that every aspect of the building was not only just up to the NFL standard, but, exceeded that standard in a way that we felt good about it um and honestly the uh, one of the groups i know that they may not get a ton of recognition but was our facilities crew charlie travis ken israel absolutely um they made a ton of adjustments to the building and tons of renovations around the building um in a really a short amount of time like this building has obviously transformed into what it is now i know now we have out there some videos and some some pictures of the building and even now as we're talking they're still making more and more adjustments to make it better yeah that was something that we talked about with rod was his walkthrough of the facility and how it's even changed since he did that walkthrough uh but for listeners uh like i said with rod definitely go on the website look at those pictures you will see a firsthand example of what it is that uh, Matt has been working on and and you know there there has been so much that has gone into it we talked about it with Rod the IDER and you know kind of explaining to us what that was uh, you know you were a big part of, of helping that come together what went into that again a lot of zoom meetings um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's again that's kind of the theme of a lot of this because we're trying to social distance as much as we can as well even though we're all in the building together um, so i 
IDER stands for Infectious Disease Emergency Response. Um, essentially what this is in a short, short term is this is our playbook or blueprint for the facility and all of those precaution measures that have been implemented are all in this document. Um, it was, it was awesome that, you know, we submitted this document to the NFL and the NFL PA management for review. And we were one of the first eight teams to get it approved, which was incredible. Um, honestly, like we spent a ton of time reading through this and rereading through this to make sure that everything that we were doing was listed in that document and that there was not going to be a question that they wouldn't take it. Um, you know, Mike Disner and I spent a ton of time on Zoom as well as Dave just making sure that we had this done, not just done, but done the right way and exceeded expectations, which obviously showed with the immediate approval. I love it. And then the players arrived this week, obviously a different training camp arrival than what we are used to, but we have football coming nonetheless, which is very yep. exciting. Uh, you know, we yes. got to see videos and pictures of players arriving to the building, some of them getting uh, tests, all of the, obviously all of them got tests. We just got to see uh, a few snippets of video of that. Tell us what players were greeted with and what precautionary measures you guys have put in place. Uh, you know, just briefly, I know that you could probably go on all day about this, but oh, a brief no summary of, of what the players faced when they got in the building. Yeah. So the first step for them was all they had to do was show up and get tested. That was the first step. Um, and then obviously they're all at their separate locations, hotel or at their homes, and they've been quarantining since. Um, since that first test and isolating just because of the travel aspect of coming sure. to a new area. And so that's just really the main start. And then we also had educational zoom meetings online, which um, the NFL helped us with these great presentations and great videos to just educate, not just the players, but also the staff and their families and the players families as well. Um, there were about four or five separate zoom calls with over a hundred people on them. Um, and we as a medical staff left it open for questions for everybody to ask. And if they didn't want to ask in front of everybody, they could obviously text us, email us, call us, whatever it was. But our big point of emphasis with everybody is that we want you to ask questions so that you know that you feel safe in the building. And if there's an answer we don't have, we would reach back out to our specialists, um, such as our infectious disease doctor from Henry Ford health system, uh, Gihan Suleiman, um, who is, been a great a great great um insider for us on you know the changes that are always coming out with this this disease definitely and and you know the like you said the players are are uh quarantining as they get their tests done and and something else that i noticed from those videos i haven't personally been into the building yet that will come later in the process for me uh but those temperature scanning checks i i just found those to be so interesting like that it can take your temperature just by scanning your face how does that work yeah so those scanner and that was something we were trying to make it quicker um for people to get in the building while also not having to have somebody you know, stand there all day with the little temperature guns. So we found these scanners, like you're mentioning, um, and they just stand up. They almost look like a uh, extra large iPhone with a bigger camera. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like, like you're saying, you know, it, you stand in front of it. It senses the motion in front of the camera. And automatically when you're standing on the stand here platform, the scanner will automatically start scanning that person with an infrared sensor and shows the temperature on the screen. Wow. It'll actually... Um, It'll actually flash red 
um, and notify or, or basically notify, make an audible noise notifying whoever's in charge of the screening area that day, like, hey, this person's temperature is showing too high. Or if they're not wearing a mask, the camera will, set, or will sense automatically if there's a mask on or not and will say, you need to wear your mask on the way in. Ah. Um, so there's always reinforcement of wearing the mask in the building. Um, and then, of course, you know, if you got a good temperature, it'll just say scanning temperature, flash green, and you're good. I love that you have taken advantage of technology to be able to make this as efficient as possible. And like you mentioned, those testing uh, trailers that are at the facility where players are are going to get tested, they're going to be tested and then quarantined and then tested again and again. Tell us a little bit about what the testing process looks like um, and, you know, how how soon they get results, how often they are tested. What is what does that look like? So we actually see results in under 24 hours. Um, So what'll happen is, you know, we get tested, say, say like we did Tuesday. Um, There's a courier that'll pick up everything and get it taken to a lab later that afternoon. And they'll start processing it the second the lab gets it that evening or that afternoon. And in the morning and this past time, I started getting results about 5, 5 a.m. and started reading those actually. Um, so their turnaround time is just absolutely incredible. Um, but yeah, for right now, what it is, is the players and will get tested, um, Tuesday and Wednesday, and then starting Friday, they're essentially going to be going 15 days straight. So you're looking at around 20 tests, um, or sorry, excuse me, 17 tests within 20 days. And that's also going for all of these staff that's coming in the building that are designated as a tier one and tier two. So I as well will also get um, the lovely swab up my nose (laughs) for the next 20 days. Um, So, but they're the crew that's in there that we have, we're very lucky. Um, They're excellent at what they do. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. That's amazing. And just the scale that you guys are having to do that on is super impressive. And and the speed of getting results back and everything like that and ensuring the safety of everybody who is in the building. Obviously, we don't want to jinx this. We don't want to ever find out, you know, what what happens if someone does get sick. Um, But what what is the process like for you guys when you come across a positive test or come across a player who has been in contact with someone, because we know that that's kind of what that designation of that list that the NFL has created is for. Yeah. So if, if someone were to test positive, what'll happen is that it'll, the the person that tested positive will be notified by one of four people that includes myself or head athletic trainer, Dave Gradito, Dr. Mike workings or head team physician, Dr. Ashish Betty. Um, You know, after they're contacted, we will give them the exact steps to follow that the NFL and the NFLPA have agreed to as part of this treatment response plan, which um, if you ever do get a chance to look at this algorithm, you might need a small math degree or two to understand it, (laughs) um, to be completely honest. Um, And like the plan, of course, can adjust uh, depending on how long someone shows symptoms, if they do, if there's any other uh, considerations we need to watch for. Um, it's also different if they're asymptomatic. Um, so as things change, we have to adjust with the algorithm and the protocols. Um, you know, most of the time, anytime, like when I was with the hospital as well, a lot of the people that we see, uh, at least when I was in the hospital again as well, is that the 
the symptoms that we saw were very, very mild um, in comparison to a lot. I mean, obviously, we're dealing with a very healthy um, demographic of people such as NFL athletes. So Yeah, you got to be in pretty good shape to be an NFL athlete. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, all these guys are in really good shape. And so what, we'll, what we would do is that we would start a group text with them that's actually myself and the doctors and our athletic trainer I just mentioned, and they would be able to text us immediately in a group throughout the day. Um, and they're also going to send us twice a day a set of vitals. So everybody that, if they did test positive, they're going to receive a pulse oximeter and a thermometer. And what we've, we instructed them to do is that take a picture of those things and send it to us. So we can check in with them at any point and say, hey, how are you feeling? Well, if you're feeling bad, send me a quick picture of this of that reading and we'll decide what we need to do, whether that's somebody's like another person from Henry Ford has to go and visit them to check on them or if one of us has to go and check on them, make sure they're okay. So that if any point things start to get, um, you know, a little dicey at any point, we can immediately move them to a much higher level of care um, and make sure that everybody's going to be okay. And that includes the same thing for their families, staff or otherwise. Um, if there's an issue with any of the families um, in their household, we're also going to be helping them take care of them as well. Wow, that's that's awesome. Matt, thank you so much for all of this insight. I mean, I yeah. am... I am just blown away by everything that you guys have done, and it's awesome that you guys have, have put so much work into keeping everyone healthy. I know you've got a lot of work uh, yep. on you right now, so I will let you get back to that. We really appreciate you taking some time with us and giving us a little bit of insight into what this entire process has been like for you guys. Thank you for taking the time to uh, you know help recognize not just me, but everybody else that's been doing an incredible job um, ensuring that we can have a, a football season um, in the safest way possible, not just for us, but for everybody. And I'm hoping that we get to actually have a game day in the next two months. Absolutely. We are definitely looking forward to that part of things. And I know you guys are putting in as much work as you can to make sure that that happens. There are a lot of people that miss sports a whole lot and some football could, could make things feel a lot better, right? It could. I just want to make sure that we're going to be safe. That's my biggest thing. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. And we appreciate all the work you guys are doing for that. So thank you, Matt. We, we appreciate you coming on. Awesome. Thanks.